Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I share my recent appearance on the Growth Hacking Secrets Show. Greetings and welcome to Growth Hacking Secrets. I'm your host, Mohammed Siddiq from Atlanta, Georgia, and the co-author of New Success Secrets, available on Amazon. On this episode, we have a special guest, Jonathan Westover. Jonathan is the author, Future of Work, Global Thought Leader, Professor of Organizational Leadership, and Academic Director for Center for Social Impact. Please join me to give a warm welcome to our guest, Jonathan Westover. Jonathan, welcome. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Likewise, let me start with this. Where were you? What happened? Who you were surrounded with that inspired you to do what you do today? Yeah, it's a great question. I, like many undergrad students, I switched majors many times uh, from math to business management to accounting. And then I had the unique opportunity to do an international internship in the corporate organizational development office of LG Electronics in South Korea. And that was enough to cure me of my desire to be an accountant. And I switched over to organizational development and change management, uh, changed my major one more time. And I luckily had some wonderful professors at the university who mentored me and coached me on uh, the direction I could take. And uh, that from my undergrad days to grad school and then my doctoral degree, I've had the distinct pleasure of having so many mentors and wonderful colleagues who have shown me the ropes and helped me to learn and grow so I could uh, develop into what I do today. What are the top three mistakes to avoid? I think arrogance is the number one thing we need to uh, avoid as we go throughout our careers. It's so easy as you get education and you get experience and as you become known uh, for your expertise within a field, to start to feel a level of arrogance. And while confidence is important, arrogance leads uh, to blind spots. If, if we have blinders on and we're unable to see the shifts and the changes around us and continually be learning, then we're going to have uh, major problems as we go throughout our career. So I would say number one, avoid arrogance. Number two, uh, avoid the temptation to go it alone if you're a high performer. So many individuals are so good at what they do and their expertise is so rich. And then when they work with other people, they get frustrated because collaborations can slow them down. But that's a, a huge mistake because there's only so much we can do alone, even when we're a high performer, even when we are an expert. We need the input from other people. We need the insights and the variety of uh, 
uh, understanding and worldview so that we can be more inclusive in our approach. And ultimately it'll just lead to more innovative and better outcomes for everybody. And number three, I would say, ultimately we have to do everything we can do to develop trust. And th there are so many things we can do to erode trust. Number one is, is uh, not being open and transparent in our communication. So when we are open and transparent, we develop that trust with our colleagues, with uh, our clients, the people we serve, and ultimately that will lead to long-term sustainable relationships uh, professionally and in our personal life. Can you give us one more? Uh, one more mistake? Yeah, mistake to avoid, yeah. Um, there are so many mistakes that we can avoid. I think another one that we really need to be uh, careful about is being too focused on short-term success. Most sustainable success requires a long-term orientation. And if we're always focused on immediate outcomes, then we can often shoot ourselves in the foot and undermine our own long-term sustainable growth and success over time. What are your greatest failure story? What did you learn and how did you recover from it? Yeah. In terms of failure, of course, like anyone else, I've had many, many setbacks. For every one success I've had in my professional life, I've had at least a handful, probably you know, dozens of handfuls of, of things that didn't work out, failures, clients that didn't uh, decide to work with me, uh, articles that didn't get published, whatever the case may be. And so uh, I think one of the, the biggest setbacks I had that was deflating to me was a number of years ago, there was a position at the university uh, where I, I'm a professor at the university in addition to my consulting work. And I, there was a position that I really wanted, uh, an executive position, and I didn't get it. Uh, I went through the search process, I was a finalist, and ultimately they chose a different person for the position. And it was deflating, it was a hit to my ego uh, I felt, you know, how could they not choose me, look at all of my uh, experience, my expertise. And it, it took me a little while, uh, it, it, probably two or three months for me to kind of come out of a funk of just feeling sorry for myself, uh, feeling deflated, feeling hurt. And ultimately, I was able to get, you know, pull myself back up, recalibrate myself, refocus myself on uh, those um, areas that I still had control over and, and recommit myself to excellence in the areas that I could continue to pursue because I didn't get that position. I ended up, uh, it ended up opening up entire new avenues for me that I hadn't even previously, um, perceived or conceived of. And as a result, as I look back today, I'm so glad I didn't get that position because there are many of the of the things that I love that I do uh, with my work that I, I simply wouldn't have done over the last six years. So it's, you know, sometimes the biggest failures that we face can be the biggest stepping stones into a really bright future. What are your top three success secrets that others can model from? Yeah, I think in terms of success, this really is a personal thing for everybody. So I wouldn't claim to have the answer uh, for how other people need to find success in their life. But for me, uh, a, a few things have really been important. Uh, number one, I just stay very organized. Uh, as I stay organized, I find that I'm able to fit more things into my day, 
Uh, as you mentioned in, in my introduction, I wear a lot of hats. I do a lot of different things. I, I, I try to keep the balls in the air and juggle um, to, to keep things moving forward. And that can only happen as I stay organized. So that means, you know, of course, I utilize organizational tools, calendars, those sorts of things. But it also means I don't procrastinate. I don't put things off when I have an urge or I have a, a, a prompting, a sense that something needs to be done. I just do it. Uh, I don't say oh, I'll do that later. I either do it right then or I make a note of it to do it that day later. And I found that as I do that, I'm able to stay on top of things and I don't get buried and overwhelmed by the the, the load that I carry. Uh, in terms of other success secrets, I would say for whatever reason, I've, I've had the ability to focus. Um, now, everyone has to figure out what that looks like for them and how they can hone their focus. But I've, I've been able to, to develop the ability to shift from thing to thing and focus on what I'm working at. And part of that, I think, is just being present in the moment. So focusing on what is the, the task or uh, the, the current um, situation that's directly in front of me. Don't worry about all the other stuff that's going on. And for that moment, I'm just there do, working on that thing, whether it's writing an article, uh, doing a presentation, uh, talking with a client, or even in my personal life with my children, my wife. Uh, you just have to be present with them, focus on where, what you're doing, where you're at, and then you can, you can make steady progress. Uh, many people end up wasting a lot of time wandering between things and it takes them a really long time to get focused in on what they're trying to do. So if you can learn to hone that focus, I think that'll lead to greater success. And, and lastly, I would say, uh, focus on developing relationships. Uh, now I'm, I'm fairly introverted. I, I aspects of myself and at times I can be more extroverted, but, but mostly I'm an introvert. And, and so going out and networking and talking to people is not something that I, I enjoy and it, it, it drains my energy. But as I focus on making sure that I have uh, uh, sincere, uh, genuine interactions with people, um, I can show them that I genuinely care about them, that I genuinely want to help them develop, that I want them to have success. As I do that, uh, I lay, I plant the seeds and I lay the groundwork for meaningful relationships to go on um, for a long, long time. And it, it's interesting because a lot of the successes that I've had in my professional life, I've found that they're built on the backs of these relationships that often I started, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. Um, relationships that at the time, you know, I had no expectation to get anything from them. I, I didn't establish the relationship because I thought it would, you know, make me money or get me business. I established a relationship because I genuinely cared about the person. I was genuinely interested in them. I wanted to help them develop. And then years down the road, things have a way of coming around and, and then new opportunities arise that would never have arose otherwise. I'm excited to announce the publication of my new book from HCI Press, The Alchemy of Truly Remarkable Leadership, Ordinary Everyday Actions That Produce Extraordinary Results. 
Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years. With increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition, the average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. Wonderful. We are about to get into lightning round. That means quick question and quick answer. Are you ready? Yes. What are you grateful for today? I am mostly grateful for my family. I have a wife and six children that I love to death. How young are you? I am 42 years old. You are, Jonathan, you are not 42. You are 18 years old with 24 years experience. <laughs> what do you want to do when you grow up? When I grow up, I want to explore. I want to travel the world even more than I do now. And I want to experience new things, meet new people. How do you overcome a challenge that life throws at you? There's a Korean proverb that says, fall down seven, get up eight. I believe that the most important thing you can do is just keep getting up. Life will knock you down. Things are hard. Everyone has difficulties and messiness. You just got to keep going. How do you start your day? I usually start my day like many people. Um, I roll over in bed. I dread getting out of bed. Then I give my wife a hug. I look at my phone, answer a few emails. I get up. I go eat breakfast with my children. I take them to school. I walk my dogs. And then I'm ready. My head is cleared. I'm ready to start the day of work. What is the advice you will give to a younger yourself? Follow your passions. One of the reasons why I changed majors as an undergraduate so many times is because I was trying to do what I thought was expected of me rather than what truly interested me and where my passions were. It took me a while to figure that out, and uh, but I'm glad I did. Once you have a revenue generating idea, how do you convince your significant other? Be open and transparent. Have, have have open dialogue and conversation and make sure that it's a shared partnership and uh, that that they're on board. Uh, ultimately, if you're if you're trying to tackle a new business uh, idea, there's going to be risk involved, so you need their support. What is the impactful book you have read and what did you learn from it? Yeah, I'm going to show you on my phone. Let's see. There we go. First Break All the Rules from the Gallup Organization. This came out a number of years ago, and this was really transformative and, and changed my paradigm about how we utilize different motivational techniques 
to get the most out of people. And essentially to break it down, the number one message is if we take intrinsic motivate uh, things that people are intrinsically motivated to do and we attach an extrinsic motivator to it, then over time we can suck out the intrinsic motivation. And what we want is more intrinsic motivation. We want more meaning and purpose. We want more of people doing what they love just because they love doing it. And that keeps them excited and engaged. But if we attach an ex external motivator to that intrinsic thing, then over time we can suck the, the intrinsic motivation out. So we have to be very careful as managers and leaders not to do that. Why being impactful is important to you? Ultimately, everything I do, my goal is to make an impact. Uh, I don't know. I think that's what everyone does. They, we, we go about our lives and we hope that what we're doing accomplishes what we want to accomplish. And so whether it's, it's my research, I want to have an impact in the academic community or in the practitioner space, my consulting work, I want to change organizations for the better, my teaching, I want to impact the lives of my students so they can have successful lives and successful careers. Ultimately, it's all about impact. And so I, I try to measure uh, my impact on an ongoing basis. Who is your mentor and what's the impact? I've had so many mentors over the years, um, but one person that uh, comes to mind is an individual uh, when I was a teenager who is a youth leader at my church who ultimately he just showed me genuine caring um, and he he wanted me to grow and develop and he had no agenda. He, he wasn't trying to make me into someone else. He just wanted me to be who I was. He wanted to support me. And that has always stuck with me. Uh, I, I've always remembered him and wanted to be like him as I've found myself in leadership roles. What do you want to be remembered for? My hope is that uh, decades from now, my students, my clients, my family, that people will remember me as someone who was loving and caring and kind, someone who wanted to develop others and ultimately make the life make everyone's lives better. Who is your ideal client? I love working with any organization or leader who's just striving to better understand their organizational complexities and trying to become a better leader and grow into their leadership capabilities. How can we support you? Uh, I, I appreciate anyone checking out my website at innovativehumancapital.com. I would appreciate anyone checking out my, my podcast, uh, which is titled Human Capital Innovations Podcast, where I publish a lot of great content uh, that hopefully you will find helpful as you try to maximize your own personal potential and the potential of your people. We are about to wrap up. I'd like to ask a question about your today's guest experience on the show. And here's my question. What would you say about your today's guest experience on the show? Oh, it has been a pleasure being a guest on the show. I really appreciate your professionalism, your organization, and the preparation that you provided me uh, coming into this uh, experience. What would you say as a final word? Ultimately, the most important thing we can do in this life is develop those around us. As we understand ourselves better, we have more capacity, increased capacity to understand those we lead and serve. 
And ultimately, my goal as a leader is to help others to become the best they can possibly become and to maximize their personal potential. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us today on the behalf of Growth Hacking Secrets community and our entire team. We really appreciate you. This is Mohammed Sadiq signing off from Atlanta, Georgia. Until the next episode, all good wishes. Thank you. We are excited about the launch of HCI's new magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free interactive e-magazine designed to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We will be publishing issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Check out the first issue and let us know what you think. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.